Guys, guess what? It's time for Bollocks Talks and Tangents. You know what that means, Lenny? That means you got to stop writing and get involved in this show. Pull that microphone closer to you, I sir. I am ready. You no, you're not ready. You Grab can't hear my voice carries, baby. He no. can hear me in there. I'm telling you. do that. Well, his voice, your voice See? carries because he's got a headset on in there. Run right through the glass. That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> well, 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 my partner's not around me. Right away. Blake's giving us a countdown. Hey, guys, appreciate you tuning in. If you would, make sure you hit that share button. Welcome into Bollocks Talks and Tangents. Real exciting show today. We almost went black for a bit. uh, History of sodas and bad medicine. Bad medicine. Um, You know, the history of some of the things, the crazy stuff we thought worked in in, uh, many, many centuries uh, of where it's at. But uh, we just got so, so much exciting stuff. First thing we got to do is we actually have to talk about our sponsors, uh, our amazing sponsors, Coquina Coast Realty. If you're looking to sell, you're looking to buy, commercial or residential, give us a call at 904-669-7901. Ask for Troy. He'll probably answer. Um, <laughs> all right. Best best bar on on the row, and that's Meehan's. Meehan's is, is one of your regular watering holes. It is. I'm telling you right now, they got three bars in one. They got Johnny's Oyster Bar upstairs. They got the pub downstairs and the backyard. Live music, inside and out. Just wonderful people always working there at Meehan's. Give them, uh, give them a shout and tell them you, you got there because of bollocks. Please. All right. River and Fort, you said you stopped in there last week. was there on Sunday. Spent, right. a, spent a nice afternoon up on the third floor. Best view in town. Got to trim some trees now. They're getting in the way. Oh. Those trees are growing tall. Oh, we're going to yeah. have to work on that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, 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 but I, beautiful. I got one of those little things that does yeah, that. Does we're going to need to work. I think, yeah, with a bucket truck. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. River Fort, they have amazing food. They have a great bourbon selection over there. We drink a lot of bourbon and whiskeys. Uh, matter of fact, leading into our next uh, sponsor, today we're drinking... Cinnamon Whiskey from CityGate, one of our great sponsors on Sponsor Row. Uh, they have some great tastings there. If you haven't been to CityGate, some of you know about the St. Augustine Distillery. This is uh, the little sister or little brother, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. they have some of the most amazing flavors over Good there. Good flavors. Um, today, today is one of them. Uh, the Cinnamon Whiskey, excellent, excellent drink. Give them a try. Go over, check out the distillery. Voted best tasting uh, tour, tour in the United States, and you don't need fireball. Stay local. Yeah, you know, keep yeah. keep oh, keep, yeah, yeah. keep no, your business no. local. You don't need any of that fancy fireball this, stuff. This, this, this is this, this is it. Excellent. This is it. It's not. It's like drinking big red gum, like that. No. that rot gut that you're talking about. No. All right. Um, also on sponsor row, staying on sponsor row, uh, St. Augustine Pirate Museum. Uh, Cindy uh, Stavely over there does an amazing job. Uh, she's uh, one of the leaders in uh, the attraction association here in town, mm. always helping out in the community. Appreciate uh, what they do. Uh, they also have the Colonial Quarter mm-hmm. and um, uh, get well soon to Captain Mayhem. Oh, right. under the weather. Had, had a little little bout. He's doing good. Uh, get well soon. All right. A Bear Kresge and Associates. Um, best CPA in town. They take care of me. I have a lot of different stuff going on. Uh at any given time, I think I'm under ten jobs now. But they make Ooh, sure slowing down. Make sure they're. I know I'm getting slacker. Uh, they make sure I I stay in good graces right. with that company that has initials. So right. Um, all right, Cheshire Custom and Collisions. You can fender. You have a fender bender. I still I, I have to read it. I'm with you every single time. I know. Um, 
if you have a fender bender, you want a new paint job, I'm the kind of guy who kind of keeps a car for a long, long time. Uh, I'm not a guy who trades in a car every three years or something you like know, that. Those leases suck you in and you, you, yeah, you, 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 never, you never get never, equity. Never so, been a lease guy. Unless it's pre-tax these, dollars. These, guy will get you, these guys you, you get you back in shape um, and just quality service all the way through. All right. We already talked hey. a little bit about the whiskey, um, but just a cheers, sir. Cheers. Don. Absolutely. All right. Word origins is where we start usually. Okay. Why so, not? Um, I, I guess I'm going to go first because you're going to give us a lead in to our first. My topic. second one for sure. Absolutely. All right. So, so when I was doing this day, this day in history this morning for the Stoidum. Okay. All right. I don't know if you caught the Stoidum. I know you catch it on Wednesday. To no, your, but I but I do keep on this day in history. All right. So on this day, day in history, the Globe Theater burnt down in London. Mm-hmm. It was a, a theater that basically. Uh, was where Shakespeare was his theater yeah. released most of his uh, playwrights. Um, so during the article, it said that he basically created over a thousand phrases or words just from his writings. So I glanced at it and just took two. Okay, I was like, okay, this is interesting enough. I'm glancing at it. I'm just going to take two. And these are going to be my word origins today. And if you're wondering what the Globe uh, Theater was, it, it was about a 2,000-seat theater. It had a smaller indoor theater for in the mm-hmm. winter. Um, and most of uh, Shakespeare's introductions of his plays came from the Globe, or it was performed at the Globe. It was so, uh, Richard II and Richard III. It was a cannon that set it on fire. Uh it, no, it actually it wasn't during a play. Okay, but I thought I had read in, in this day in history that it was a, a cannon that set the building on fire uh-huh. during a performance. It, it, so no, they were, it, he was special it, affecting even then. Uh, they, well, they they did do that, but it, I think it was uh, no one was in the theater hmm. when it when it actually caught on fire. Is what the way I read it. Okay, I looked for deaths that happened, and, and everybody seemed to get out right. okay. So it, it was a wooden building. That was for yeah. sure. It might have been an ember that was came from the cannon or something like that. But I, I, I felt like what I read today, it didn't have any of that. Um, but to the globe, I say good riddance. Okay, because right. he wrote that in Shakespeare. Shakespeare is the first person to use the term good riddance. The term riddance was used, but it's the first time those two words were put together in writing, and it was in uh, a 1609 play. Uh, the Globe burnt down in 1613. Um, but it was in a 1609 play, and it's... Uh, Blake, help me with the name. It's Cressida... Troilus and Cressida? Yeah, Cressida. Um, and it was in that play, and that's the first time Good Riddance was ever used. And it's basically like... Just get the hell out of here. That's what it means now. Just okay. Go away. Go away. Henry the Eighth. And and be be good. Was during Henry the Eighth. Yeah, cannon shot during during a performance of Henry the Eighth. And then, okay, but everybody got out okay. Yeah, well, as best as best we know. Yes, we're, say, we're, it, we're going on a happy note. It, they survived. It didn't say anything about deaths. In the, no, because you know my morbid ass always goes. I wonder how many people died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Am I the yeah. only one that does that? You know, I, I did talk for a long time to myself about keeping, you know, a, a ferry 
turns over in Tanzania and 800 people die in a, you know, a plane, you know, if I, I, at one point in time, I was just trying to keep track of catastrophes to see how many people actually were killed on a, on a, on an ongoing basis on these things. And it just became overwhelming. Yeah. Too many people are just, you, you know, you, you, you lose your mind. Oh, without a doubt, without so, a doubt, yeah. you know, and they, I mean, um, and I don't know why I'm drawn to these things, but I'm drawn to historic tragedies that I don't know anything about. Okay. Well, you know sounds I mean? like more topics. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but it, it's, yeah, I mean, it creates uh, me learning mm-hmm. and of, of things. I, I, you know, it's easy to learn about presidency. It's easy to learn about certain things in history. But when you find something, you're like, holy crap, how did I not know that? Right. Right. You know, and that's that's how my movie ended up happening. I I, I knew really? I knew okay. about Doctor Haling, but yeah. I didn't know yeah. about the tragedy that took place leading <sighs> up to Doctor Haling uh, becoming the leader, yeah. uh, civil rights leader that yeah. he was. Absolutely brutal, brutal event, in, in, inhumane. It and, was, and, it was and just how horrible. I learned that story, I was selling one of the gentlemen's house that had recently passed away okay. that I had known for thirty years. I didn't know the story. And I felt like, what a horrible human being I was. How did I not know the story? But it was something he never talked about. Right. You know, it's like a lot of people aren't going to necessarily bring that. It was horrific for, for a lot of people when they were involved in it at the time. And it's like it's like when parents or fathers come back from war and they just won't talk about it because it's, you know, how do you re- how do you relate that to somebody? What what happened to Dr. Halen? What happened to people um, that were, were just, you know, treated so inhumanely during the civil rights era? You know, it, it's hard for them. I mean, it can be cathartic for some people, but it's difficult to talk about, I would presume. You know, and, and it's just, but it's certainly so necessary to learn. Yeah. So, um, all right. So what's your, what's your first word? My origin? first one is leave no stone unturned. We use that from time to time when we're on a quest, we're looking for something, leave no stone unturned. Yes. And um, it, it, it apparently came into common usage somewhere in the 1500s, but it goes back to a Greek general who was um, in, in the middle of a battle and he had just got a big treasure. Huh? which he apparently hid in his tent. Poor guy didn't make it out of the battle, so he died. Um, they couldn't find the treasure. So they went to the Oracle of Delphi, Okay, who said, when you look, leave no stone unturned. And they had to you know, turn over all the stones, presuming. She, she was uh, ostensibly telling them that the treasure might have been under a rock someplace in his tent or wherever yeah. it was. She had no idea. No, she just got away with murder. The, yeah. Well, maybe not literally she murder. Did, but she would have told them. And she's I like, was thinking. I, I, yeah. I'll, yeah, right. I'll, I'll go find it myself. Right, and then retire. Yeah. Right. Like, what was it, uh, Miss Cleo or whatever? Yeah. Was. <laughs> How did she not see the bankruptcy coming? Right. So <laughs> More importantly, why didn't she just pick out six winning lottery numbers if she was that good? Yeah. That's always my question. Yeah. So, by the way, I think I'm winning tomorrow night. Are you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure it's my time. That's fine, because that's uh, tomorrow's Friday. Good. Save the Powerball for me for Saturday. Yeah, I'm, and we're, we're in business. It's all yours. You're good. And I share. I do. Yeah. I absolutely share. I'm a giver. I've got a, I've got a list of, of, of mortgages to pay off, student loans to pay off, car bills student to pay loans? off. Not mine. Oh, okay. Not mine. Oh, no. I, I'll, I'll, I'll make people weak in the knees when I tell them I got an Ivy League education for twenty five grand total out uh-huh. the door. Four, right. four years, in and out. Ivy League. Yep. Where at? Cornell. Cornell. Yep. I mean, I went to I went to the New York State School of Industrial and Labor Relations. All right. So we're going word, word origins. Okay. What do you got? Ivy League. Oh, okay. Okay. How, how did it get its name? Oh, is that damn lack of gardening primarily? <laughs> no. All it's right. not it at all. Bummer. There was, there was only four teams in it. Okay. So Roman numeral. 
Oh, okay. So the original so Ivy League. Harvard, okay. Yale. I'll go with Princeton. Dartmouth? Yeah. I think it was Dartmouth. Yeah. I think it was yeah. Dartmouth. Yeah. So I don't think it was Penn. And Cornell, no, and, and Cornell was founded in like 1864, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Came, right. yeah. came along much later. During yeah. the Civil War. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, so, but that's that's where it came from. But okay. they only had they only had four four teams, and I always thought it had to do with the like uh, 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 the plant like the Cubs, like yeah. the Cubs Wrigley Field, yeah. the Ivy on on the, and a lot of them have it, but right. it's, no, it came from uh, only having four teams. So the Ivy Towers are just you know a bastardization of uh, yeah, they just, Ivy. They just right. kind of sprung into that. Okay. Sprung into that. Yeah, so. right. I like that. Oh, see, right. learning something every day here at Bollocks Talks and Tangents. You know, and sometimes when we we start going down these different roads and stuff. I feel like I'm on a wild goose chase. <laughs> okay, go ahead, mother. Wild goose chase. You know what a wild goose chase is, right? I've been on a few myself. You've been on a few wild goose chases. I have. All right. I had no idea. It was the Shakespeare who made it popular. That William. And he did it in this play you might have heard of. Romeo and Juliet. I know a little bit about right? the Montagues and the Capulets. And so... First time it was ever in written form was in Romeo and Juliet, but it came from an actual horse race called the Wild Goose Chase. Really, and okay. they would run in, or they would run in a V formation, and the lead horse was here, and they would quick, quickly be scurrying around and stuff like that, and it quickly became called, or it became the Wild Goose Chase was the name of the horse race. In the 1500s, uh, the 16th century. But the first time it was ever in written form was in Romeo and Juliet. I think we should just decide that, you know, for, for a couple of weeks, we're just going to do Shakespeare. We could. Things. I'm telling you right now. It's fascinating how much stuff comes from Shakespeare. I, I literally went like this, put my finger down on the paper, and came up with those two. Yeah. It's, he, he, he is credited for... So many, whether they're cliches, whether they're axioms, um, tons of them. Yep. Yeah. And um, one of the other things I, I learned this morning when I was reading about the globe um, is I didn't realize how many different times the theaters got closed down for the plague. Oh, well. And his sonnets mm -hmm. that he wrote, because he, he was evidently a very good businessman. Like he was a good promoter of his own okay. plays and he was – he. He, uh, his troop, I can't think of King something or another. It was. They weren't the Avonettes? No, they were not. <laughs> they were not. But he was a very good businessman. But when he, they had to close down the theater, he didn't have revenue. So he started writing the sonnets to supplement his okay. revenue. So during, during the plague, when the theaters kept closing down, that's when he wrote all his sonnets. Hmm. And I did not, I didn't realize that until this morning. So basically during COVID, we should have been writing sonnets. That's what, well, I, I'm hickory dickory. No, I, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, there once, there once was a man from Nantucket. Yeah. yeah. All right. That'll work. <laughs> no. What was it? Uh, Tip canoe. Oh. <laughs> Tyler too. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your last one? Okay. It is, um, you know, we've heard how the expression, oh, you're blowing smoke up my ass. Yeah. Which is interesting because when I looked it up, there was arse, A-R-S-E. Yeah. But, you know, so it's, you know, the term blowing smoke up your ass is um, 
somebody being insincere to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just, you know, fluffing you up. They're, they're BSing. Yeah, 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 pretty much. They're, they're blowing smoke up your ass. It's insincerity. Um, it came about in the 1700s, but um, it segues nicely into um, our medical topics. Oh, because yeah. I was doing that, there was a tobacco smoke enema. Mm-hmm. Which I, was I big doings, and apparently this was this was a big deal for a while, um, and it was thought to, uh, well, I think a, a cholera, um, tobacco yeah, smoke enemas to, to yeah. cure cholera, yeah, cool. but also um, it was to revive people who had drowned to bring them back from the dead, um, and there was a little bit well, of a bounty. Hose up your butt, a bellows, exactly. Yeah, and they bellows. would use tobacco smoke for that, and they would try to resuscitate you that way, to the point that where, you know, now it's, it's current, it, it, it's to have um, AADs in places. There's a Three Stooges skit similar to this. Along the Thames, because this was supposed to be, you know, a an effort to save drowning victims, they would have these... Bellows and hoses, and I would presume tobacco and 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 some flame to light them um, along the river Thames in England. Yeah. So they would use that to literally blow smoke revive, up people's ass revive, and revive them. Exactly. People. Yep. Wow. Um, and I don't know that it worked all that well when you come right down yeah. to it. But in the 1870s, it was big doings. So yeah. All right. So we're gonna, we're gonna. You said we're we're in medical, start baby. With medical. Well, we yeah, we're here. We're start we yeah. start with medical, yeah. and we're gonna move move forward. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I read was just so far out there, and some of the things it's just oh. like really come on, guys. Um, you know, there were some diet plans and some of those things yeah. that just were completely ridiculous. Um, but the one I found interesting was ketchup. Okay. So ketchup started, it was more of a mushroom before it right. was a topa- right. tomato thing. Yeah. But ketchup was created for digestive problems in the early 1800s, uh, late, late 1700s, early 1800s. And it was a medical before it was ever a condiment. Hmm. And then when uh, it became more of a tomato base, it later became a condiment. And we're talking 100 years later. Right. But for almost 80 to 100 years, that's what ketchup was. If, if, if you, you got ketchup, it was all because your stomach. And what kind of mushrooms did they use, one may well, wonder? That could be anything. And there's some on our list yeah. that really, so, uh, really it's, could it's have been in, in vogue now, especially you, if you're in Oregon. Did you know ketchup was originally? A, um, I know there's mushroom ketchups. I didn't know that it was um, a medicinal product yeah. or, or it started out that way. Yeah. Now it's just a sweet and vinegary little wonder for French fries, among yeah. other things. Yep. So, uh, what's, what's your next? Well, next? okay. So we're we're at a, we're at a, of medicine. We're at a we're at a watershed now because apparently malaria is not eradicated. Um, I don't know if you've been reading the paper, and you're an educated man, and I know you read the paper on a regular basis, and uh, on the West paper. Coast. Yeah, well, I read it on my phone, but I still, I, I still, I still turn the pages. I really do. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Like, you um, ever heard of such a thing? A paper? Yeah. Paper. Newspaper. Hey, I used Newspaper. to deliver them. I'm, I'm partial. Um, apparently, there's been four or five. What did you say, Blake? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, but definitely remember the paper because because one of my drawings was in the paper. Yeah, one of your drawings made the record. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, look at that. So. Um, 
I'm back. Oh, so 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 malaria. malaria <laughs> no mushrooms yet. Um, malaria is. Um, been found four or five people on the West Coast around Sarasota mm-hmm. have been diagnosed with malaria, and it's sort of making people a little uncomfortable right now. Um, well, we we had to, we when we went to Africa, we had to take some a bunch shots, of shots, yeah, and then we uh, had to take a horrible medicine that made it made you uh, um, worry about how far you were from a bathroom. I was wondering how you were going to phrase that. I yeah. could see that word. Yeah. See, and, and, and my answer to that is just gin and tonics, man. You got to get the quinine for malaria. So, you know, gin and tonics is a great way to go. But um, malaria was used by a gentleman to cure paresis. Okay. Paresis is a, 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 a paralyzing part or the end stage of syphilis. Okay. So what this doctor forget because he, he had you know it's in the eighteen in late eighteen hundreds and he had read some research that somebody had successfully used a fever to treat certain diseases, and what the conjecture was is that the high fever would kill the microbes in your system, and apparently um, the the syphilitic microbes are very success um, success successable to heat. Or a word, something like that, to heat. So they would induce a fever and hope that the fever would get hot enough and knock out the syphilis microbes. Um, And in some cases it worked, and in some places it killed you. Yeah, but I mean, if you already had syphilis, it was going to kill you anyway, right? Well, you know, it was. was, Well, this treatment was used right up until the end of World War II when they said, hey, penicillin works a whole lot easier. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll give you the penicillin instead. But that that was it. It was, was, you know, the type of thing where um, either it would kill you or cure you. So Al Capone should have given himself malaria. That's exactly right. Might have had a chance. He was in Florida. All he had to do was stick his arm out and get bit by a mosquito. Yeah, there you go. That's it. All right. Um... I kind of dove into a lot of different things and some really crazy stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people, I stayed away from certain things like leaching. Yeah. You know, leaching probably killed more people than it even came close to saving. Um, you know, and, and we've had some presidents that died because of leaching and some of the things. They were dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And then they leached them and made them even more dehydrated mm-hmm. and it killed them. Uh, I think that's what happened to William Henry Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's some definite yeah. documentations about leaching. But this one to me is, I associate this with the Wild West. Okay. And that's snake oil. Yeah. But snake right, oil yeah, was so common. One, yeah. yeah. And it was in everyone's medicine cabinet um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody had a remedy. And... I should have saved this as a feed-in to the sodas. Okay. Because a lot of the sodas almost started out as... Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. Yep. So, but the snake oil, did you do any studying on the snake oil stuff? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's so pervasive that I didn't bother because, you know, it's it's snake oil. I mean, there's there's yeah. nothing to it. But, it, well, was, but it, was, it was one of the biggest businesses yeah. and in, in the U.S. and... People would sell door to door snake oil, and people just bought it. And they would set up stooges, mm-hmm. and they'd sell it off the soapbox, yep. which we talked about as that yeah. being a, yeah. a, an origin. And it was just so ridiculous. Some of the stuff. And when I see commercials today, <laughs> I just go, 
is this just a new version? Well, you know, they would come up in, the, in, in their buckboard or their wagon. They'd come into town, especially when they were doing it out um, in the frontier. And they'd come horsing into town. They'd sell their snake oil. And before people would, you know, either drop dead or realize they weren't getting cured, they would leave town and keep going. Yeah. Money in hand. Yeah, no, yeah. they'd already be out of oh, town yeah. before anybody anybody realized. Okay, it's not helping me at all. Right. So, all right. What, what's the next one you got? Oh, I got some good ones. I have. Uh, well, we talked about the milk transfusions, which are interesting, um, and that was also to resuscitate dead people in theory. So they'd, you know, it's it's a lot of up your butt today for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't know why um, you went there. I, I'm not quite sure, but it was interesting because it's 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 one bad medicine practice brokered into another. So they would give you the milk transfusion, and, and they, the original conjecture was that you know milk is a fatty substance; it's good for you. It was like it was almost like it was like almost like a health food situation yeah. because of the the ingredients in milk, um, but it never worked. Mm-hmm. So then, if you got worse. Then they would try to revive you with a combination of morphine and whiskey. Yeah. I'm thinking, cut out the milk transfusion, stay out of my butt there. and go, exactly. Go straight to the Exactly. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Which I will. Thank you for, yes. thank you for reminding me. Cheers to your, good, to your good health, sir. All right. Um, sticking with the alcohol. Okay. All right. During Prohibition. All right. A dark time in America, but carry on. A dark, a dark time. But there was one liqueur. That survived it because it was a, a digestive. It is considered, and I don't know if you know, the bartender's handshake. You know what that is? I do not. A fernet. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you do a shot of fernet, that's considered a bartender's handshake. That means that bartender recognizes you as, okay, you understand your liqueurs or you understand your alcohol. And they usually take very good care of you. You buy a shot for them, you buy a shot for yourself, and that's a bartender's handshake. But during Prohibition, Fernet was allowed to be sold, even though it was a liqueur, it was allowed to be sold because it was sold as a digestive. And I think the Christian brothers got away with it in California because they made brandy that was also medicinal. And if you were making sacramental wine, you were golden. Yeah. Those are the loopholes. But it's interesting because, you know, I'm familiar with Fernet Branca, but there was a point in time where... um, I saw more bottles being drank in St. Augustine than any place else in the world because um, the ice plant in particular, uh-huh. used to go to the ice plant a lot. They had a real nice happy hour. They still probably do. Great cocktails, nice place. Um, should be a sponsor here. We'll take them on, I think, if they would like to join us. Um, I'll call Trish. Thank you. Um, but, boy, the bar staff there, that was that was their go-to. They were That's doing shots of Fernet. Yeah. I mean, those, those mixologists, like people that are true mixologist mm-hmm. bartenders, um, that's the drink you buy them if you want good service. Okay. So, I mean, if, if you... See, that, you know either that or throw your 20 down first. You know, if you, <laughs> you know you're about to belly up. Right. You know you're about to belly up. If you start with Fernet, you're buying them one and you one, that means you're already going to throw down more than 20. Yeah. You're, well, yeah. You're, you're, you're settling in. Yeah. So that's 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 the bartender's handshake. That's tough to drink a lot of that and drink something else with no, no, it, though. No, no, you, you, just, you yeah. just do one. yeah. yeah. That's introduction to, and then you go to your regular drink. But people look at me cross-eyed because I drink Campari. So it's, you know. Yeah, I, I don't even it, understand that. Yeah, oh, it's delightful. And a Negroni is, I mean, I've said it before, Negronis are just wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. It really is, you know. Yeah, I'm good with Jameson. Yeah, I know. I'm good I with my Irish whiskey yeah. or my bourbon. Well, I'll stick with the bourbon. Yeah. yeah. So Buy American. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, is it your turn or mine? I just did Fernet. It's you. Okay. So, um 
bear. I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Can you please say that again? I said. <laughs> uh, my Siri just kicked on. Did you see, hear that? I did. I heard her. So Who said the magic words? Yeah, so we can't say those words. I don't even remember what they were. Yeah, so what, which one do you have next? Um, Bayer Aspirin in oh, yeah. medicine cabinets all across America and the world. Big company, big, big, big company. Yeah. Um, there was a point in time from about 1898 to 1913 where they were making their aspirin with heroin. Okay. Heroin, you know, with heroin. Yep, heroin. Heroin became a medicinal cure for a lot of things. I won't say successfully, but it was introduced into a lot of things as a cure-all. And it was it was interesting about this. It was marketed toward children. Yeah. And you know, they finally figured out that the kids were craving the aspirin and realized maybe this is not the best thing for children or people in general. And they started to realize that heroin um, had this overwhelmingly addictive ability. And they started working away from heroin. But that was, you know, again, like, and you're going to broker into cocaine. Yeah. So it was amazing how these things would be mainstream for a while and quite some time, actually. So, um, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, before we get to the cocaine one, I'm going I'm mm -hmm. to do this this one here. And I found this extremely entertaining. Okay. Uh, hysteria. Yeah. Are you plugging in, are you? Um, Literally and figuratively. Oh my God, I'm going to hell. The person who came up <laughs> the person who came up with the vibrator uh -huh. was a lazy doctor who was already a creepy doctor. Yes. Because hysteria was a condition that somehow only wealthy women had. Right. And the men doctors would manipulate and relax them by giving them orgasms. Mm -hmm. These women were no fools. No. Apparently, apparently they weren't being satisfied at home. And they, and they got yeah. their husbands to pay for it. There you go. And it was a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. There were doctor, doctors that focused on uh, releasing women's head hysteria. Mm -hmm. And that was around for like 40 years. But that is where the vibrator was created by one of these doctors because mm -hmm. I guess his hand got tired. <laughs> he got cramps. <laughs> and in case you're not catching on to what I'm saying, they would manipulate the women to orgasm mm -hmm. with their hands to relieve their stress level. Hey, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And these guys did, apparently, for quite some time. Yeah. So, so you, yeah. you got one more? I do. I do. Or, and um, then, and then I'll finish with, I'll finish you know, with. It, it's interesting because, um, well, I'm going to save lobotomies for another day because we can, I'll talk to you about putting that into something else. Cause I found some interesting, interesting things, um, frightening things by the same token, but, um, xenotransplantation, um, you know, now you start seeing ads for low T and, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not manly enough. You have low T, your testosterone. Is just, well, there was a, a guy who was, do I have a date on this? Say the word again. Xenotransplantation. Xenotransplantation, which is from animal to human. Okay. Okay. Um, and what this guy did was he would take the interstitial gland 
And apparently there's a bunch of different interstitial glands, but he would take a gland um, out of a, a, a monkey or a chimpanzee okay. and transplant it into a man. And he did this in an 80-year-old man who was just lethargic. He had no pep. Apparently, he had low T. And um, after he recovered from the surgery about three months later, this guy was acting like a 30-year-old. Vim and vigor, and life was good. Yeah. Um, and he would graft the monkey's gland into the, into the subject. And that was it until they said, yeah, this ain't so good, and we're going to start outlawing this process. But apparently... You know, they were trying to do that, and, uh, you know. What, and then, what years were these? This was, let's see, because I started with that one. Nope, that's seltzer. Uh, that was. <laughs> great, great for the uh, for the uh, webcam right now. Can you, you can't see me. I'm not here. You can't see me. <laughs> Are you looking at the monitor, Blake? Am I looking at the monitor, Blake? You're obviously not looking at the monitor. I'm not even looking over my glasses. You know we're not on radio, right, Lenny? No, but I have a face. I have a face for radio, apparently. <sighs> so what? Oh, year, here you, you go. Gotta, give me, give me a time frame. There you go. This was in the uh, 1910. The guy, the guy started in the Rockefeller Institute. Okay. And then moved to France right. and started doing it in France. So it was the early 1900s when he so was he doing this. So he got more freedom in France yes. with their with their restrictions. Um, and he was trying to um, correct the future of humanity in prolonging mental power and physical vir- vigor in um, useful fulfillment. There you go. So he was, he was trying to make it better, better people. Um, the interesting thing is, is this gland creates strychnine. And apparently, I've always been under the impression that strychnine is like rat poison. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing you got to look for when somebody... Everything in doses. Yep. Well, that's true, too. Um, But, you know, that's always, well, that's the bag of rat poison when the guy drops dead and, you know, the wife was supposed to be innocent. Not so much. Yeah. All right. My my last one. Go ahead. Still a drug that's around today, just not legal. But it was very common. It was sold in Sears and Roebuck. Right. Catalog. Right. Right. Cocaine. People still do that? Yeah, I heard, I heard about it. Oof. I heard about it. Man. And as much as, I, and I know people are going to be shocked, I've never tried it. Okay. Um, I know people that are very happy with their habit. Okay. But you end up broke. Um, but cocaine was used in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. It was uh, used as a, a tablet form, sold in Sears and Roebuck. And it was used for the gums of teething babies. Right. Right. And still you'll find cocaine users will rub it on their gums just for the freeze. Yeah. Or, or so I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's yeah, what I've heard. Right. But, I mean, it's still something out there, which mm-hmm. leads us to our next topic. And we're going to do a, a, an ad break real quick. But cocaine was the main ingredient to start the largest soda company. Mm-hmm. In the world, mm-hmm. so and it was an it was an uh, uh, an ingredient for a long time. Just one one, one cautionary tale and side note on cocaine: uh, a Cleveland Brown defensive back by the name of Don Rogers and a promising promising basketball player by the name of Len Bias. Len Bias yeah. Man, Len 19, Len 19 years old. Yep, and that was both of those were attributed to cocaine. Yeah. And if I ever needed um, a reason to not do cocaine, you know, short. Not in the peak of health. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm healthy, but I'm not a physical specimen. Well, yeah. I could be. Hi there. 
Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're no, no, right. Well, I'm not Len Bias. I'm not Don Rogers. I'm not a professional you, athlete. You yeah. don't get confused for Adonis. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on it. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. You know, go. I got a goal. Yeah. Survival. But, but when, when these when these gentlemen would drop dead athletes in peak physical condition and cocaine was the contributing factor in their demise, that should be enough right there to tell people, just don't do it, man. Did Go you, Nancy Reagan. Did you see um, how it originally first started becoming an active ingredient in medicine? No. For I don't eye know surgeries. Right. Right. They could numb it. It would, and, it would right. numb it and it would, it would hold the eye in right. a, a very still right. so it had less bleeding and mm-hmm. they would actually hold their eyes still. And they would put uh, the liquid form of cocaine mm-hmm. directly in their eyes to freeze up their eye. So, and that's where, and then that whole procedure led to everything else. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Uh, Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize? Right. Um, he, he chemistry got, or peace? Uh, well, the Nobel, Nobel Peace, no, the Nobel Peace Prize is named... After Nobel. Oh, Alfred Nobel. Alfred Nobel, yeah. who created dynamite. dynamite. Right. Never intending it right. to be a weapon. That's your unintended consequences. And that's how he came up with the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm. He intended it for good. Right. And it turned to evil. Oh, I didn't know that that was the genesis for the Peace Prize, is his trying to make um, some retribution for the fact that he invented dynamite. Yeah. He, okay, that makes just, sense. He just never, never. When he, he came up with it more for mining and mm-hmm. those type yeah. of situations. Yeah, construction. He, ne- he never, in his thought process, had it as a weapon. Right, well. And then obviously obviously the yeah. the evil minds took took that to a, a much darker place. All right, talking about people that are wonderful people, not evil No, no, people. we're out of the dark Our places. Sponsors, okay. Our sponsors, uh, Coquina Coast Realty. You got commercial, you got uh, uh, residential, you want to sell, you want to buy. Work on 1031 exchanges. Give these guys a call. Actually, give this guy a call. 904-669-7901. Meehan's Irish Pub. I'm going to tell you right now, this is what a pub's supposed to look like. Reggie and the crew over there, they do an amazing job. Uh, stop in, say hi, tell them that Bollock sent you over there. Um, if Reggie's there, you know, make sure you give him a hard time. He's, he's and try the Irish cream. Try the Irish cream. All right. Uh, River and Fort. Um just do do an amazing job. They took care of that corner, brought it back to life, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you right now, just happy there in St. Augustine. I'm excited for it's their a, next project. I'm a, really looking forward to seeing what's going on there. It's a quality restaurant. It's one I always recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, people ask me where should I go? Go to River and Fort, St. Augustine Pirate Museum. Uh, they have over 800 original artifacts. It came to us from Key West. Uh, the Croce family brought it to us. Appreciate them being here. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't been, you need to take the time and go into the Pirate Museum and just you're going to learn. If you like to learn, if you don't like to learn, go in there. You're still going to enjoy it. Right. Um, right. All right. St. Augustine Distillery and City Gates this. Um, City Gates Spirits. Uh, it's our it's our whiskey of the week. Mm-hmm. Is the cinnamon whiskey, uh, yum yum whiskey for sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that they have. They have the maple. They have uh, just some peanut, ma- butter. peanut butter. Just mm-hmm. some great great flavors you would never expect in a whiskey. They even have a legit moonshine. Oh, solid solid. Moonshine. They got a moonshine. That's that's overproof. Yeah. 
That's that's the big one there. Solid solid moonshine. Make sure you drink the water with that. Um, a Bear Kresge and Associates, um, best CPAs in town. Um, these guys know what they're doing. They're professionals. You think you save money by doing your own taxes? You're wrong. You're uh, you're missing something and you're losing money. Go see these guys. Take care of that. Cheshire Customs and Collision. Check these guys out. They have the best paint booth in town. Um, and they do towing, you told me. Yeah, they, they do, do towing, Cheshire just in case. Towing yeah, is also also there. Helped us out last week. Really right. helped us out. Um, had a situation with a, a friend of mine. I called up Chris. They were there in, in 30 minutes and, and took care of the situation. Um, but they have the state-of-the-art uh, paint, mm-hmm. and they paint your car in a, a wind-free uh, right. booth. And then they take it, and they just push it right in to the bake shop. Right. So they just bake it right there. So they paint yep. and bake all in the same location. Um just do an amazing job, Cheshire Customs and Collisions. Guess what? It's time to talk about cocaine. No, uh, Coca-Cola. Running around my brain? Yeah. Thank Co- you, Mr. Clapton. <laughs> Co- cocaine. Um, but uh, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. the original Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. started with cocaine. Mm-hmm. How we got to this topic, we were going to start with the soda wars and talk, yeah. about, talk about Pepsi and Coke. I didn't do either one of them. Right. Too did many. You, did you do either one of them? No. Um, okay. You know, I, 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 you know and, and there's still, we can do days on this because just regional soft drinks, there, there's so many regional soft drinks. But if you, have, have you been to um, the Coke tour in Atlanta? No. No, I have not been there. So it's in, I, it's I, in I, Centennial it's Park. Right, it's right off 75, and, and uh, I've driven past it several times. Yeah, it's, it's right in Centennial Park where they had the Olympics. Uh-huh. Um, there's a big Coke presence there obviously in atlanta um but there's a wonderful tour in there and it's great and they even have theoretically the safe that has their secret recipe in it yes i tried to you know willie set my way in there but i didn't quite get there uh-huh. um but at the end of the tour you know yeah there's a gift shop because every tour ends in a gift shop these days um there were banks and banks and banks of soda dispensers with every Coke product they had around the world. And there were hundreds of them. So when you start getting into international flavors, let alone regional flavors, you, you, your mind would go poof from some of the flavors that they were offering there from some of the other countries. It was fat, And you could taste them all. And some of them were really not good. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Blake really likes the... Uh the natural sugar that they sell, the Mexican, yeah, the Mexican, Mexican sodas, yeah, yeah, the Mexican sodas, yeah, Mexican Coca Cola, yeah, the Mexican sodas were were definitely better than like because because that was the original formula, I believe, with sugar. Well, it's not the original formula, no, 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 which no, had no. cocaine in it, but right. it's it's cl- much closer. Right, but, to right. It. they were using real sugar as opposed to artificial sweeteners, which is interesting because curse you, Coca Cola, yes. canceling my tab because Diet Coke took over. And apparently, you know, and I, I didn't pursue it too much, but I saw someplace where Diet Coke, and this makes absolutely no sense at all. That's why the internet is a little bit, you know, wonky. Um, the least popular soda, and that makes no sense because all you hear out of people's mouth is Diet Coke, Diet Coke, Diet Coke, Diet Coke with lemon, Diet Coke with lemon, because I'm from Long Island. Yeah. And you can't have your Diet Coke without a lemon on Long Island. Yeah, but but we'll see. But speaking about sodas right now, uh, the, uh, so apparently today the World Health Organization um, is, going, is going to say aspartame, uh, a common ingredient in diet sodas, as, as, as a carcinogen. See? Yeah. Bring back tab because you know what? Saccharin isn't. 
And for a while, Tab was sweetened with cyclamate yeah, but and saccharin. Tab, tab, you're tasting like 45 minutes later. I like Tab. What can I tell you? And no, you can't have my can. You, you continue to taste it? Is that, I mean, I got no problem I'm with that. I'm finished with the drink. I want to be finished with the drink. Well, you know, it's a taste that lingers on. Yeah. As so, opposed to the melody. Um, so let's talk about Tab. Okay. Tab was the first diet drink or diet soda, right? Yes. Um, from the Coca-Cola people. Was there a diet? Diet, diet Right was before. Diet Right RC Cola. Yeah. Uh, diet Right from RC Cola was 1962. Uh-huh. Tab was 1963. Were you an RC Cola and a Moon Pie guy? I was. I'm from the North, man. Moon Pies just came into my life lately. Um, but I was a Scooter Pie. Can no you say wonder, Scooter Scooter no wonder, Pie? No wonder you New, New Yorkers are so angry. Well, yeah, scooter Pies are the same thing. They just called them Scooter as opposed to Moon. What the hell's a Scooter Pie? A Moon Pie. Then why don't you just call it a Moon Pie? Because it's a Scooter Pie. What's a Scooter Pie? A Moon Pie. It's no, a it's, it's a brand. Absolutely. Scooter Pie. Scooter a Scooter Pie is the same thing. Except from a different company. It's like you guys telling me a White Castle is the same as a Crystal. It's not. No, it's not. No, White Castle is so much better. Ah, uh, Crystal's. Crystal's the one. I mean, they are they are steam-grilled steam wonder. The Crystal's wings were good, though. What was that? The Crystal's wings were good. The Crystal's wings were solid. Okay. Not as good as the ones I made the other night. And by the oh, way, yeah, White no. Castle is one of the oldest fast foods around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so Tab, they discontinued Tab in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was, you know, when, when product lines were tough to do because of staffing through COVID, a lot of industries cut down on their volume of products and they, they truncated everything and they, they did, you know, more of fewer instead of less of more. If that makes any sense to anybody listening. Hi, yeah. how are you? Yeah. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, saccharin got a bad rap for a while because some Canadian lab did a study that, that saccharin caused liver cancer in Canadian lab rats. Canadian lab rats, not American lab yeah, rats, no, mind no. you. Well, they're and, softer. Well, it is. They're Canadian. They're apologetic about everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. But um, it got to the point where finally, y- y- you know, saccharin is now back in the good graces of the world. Because in 2000, they took it off of the, the, you know, you can't use it list. And in 2010, they finally came out and said, no, saccharin doesn't cause any cancers. There's no problem with it whatsoever. Go have a nice day. And I grew up in a house where saccharin was used in tablets because it was the first artificial sweetener was saccharin. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's a little, 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 teeny tablets of saccharin that you would put in your Sanka, which is something that ask, ask people what Sanka is today yeah. and they'll look at you like I'm a crazy person. Yeah. It was some type of coffee. Wasn't it was, it was decaf. Decaf. It was, coffee. it was a little freeze dried orange packet of decaf coffee Sanka was, you know, you ask people what Sanka is, you know, you know, you'll know how old they are if they know what it is. Yeah. But okay. So Coca-Cola. All right. Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola is preceded. By one year, by Dr. By the doctor. By Dr. Pepper. Waco, Texas. All right. Um, He was actually born in Brooklyn. Mr. Dr. Pepper here? Yeah. Okay. Alderton. Charles Alderton. And he was was, uh, a pharmacist at Morrison's Old Corner Drug Store in Waco, Texas. All right. So Dr. Pepper was originally called a Waco. Really? All right. And then it, it ended up being changed to Dr. Pepper with its 23. Another formula that's locked under safe and key. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Which, which is interesting because me, me and you both, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, it's interesting because we're doing the cinnamon whiskey today uh-huh. from um, City Gates. And a lot of these, you know, I've got a, I've got a Mr. Pibb here, Dr. Pepper. A lot of these, you know, the um, they're, they're cherry-esque, but they're also, you know, some people think that the spice comes from the cinnamon. Yeah. So it's it's an ingredient in you know Mr. Pibb and Dr. Pepper I would presume. All right. So Charles Adderton, Alderton, uh, was the originator of the Dr. Pepper. He was a pharmacist, and it was another one that was created to give a boost. It was for mm. vitality. It was to give you energy. So before there was Red Bull, which I have one sitting over here, mm-hmm. uh, before there was Red Bull, Dr. Pepper was used in that same right. to give you vigor. And well, it, was, it was advertised as liquid sunshine. Interesting. Well, that's how I did stay awake during during college to to study was a lot of Coca Cola, mm-hmm. a lot of Coca Cola. All right, and I found this interesting. Um, it was not nationally sold until 1904. Started okay. in 1885, mm-hmm. so 20 or 19 years later, and it was at the Louisiana Purchase Exhibition, the hundred year of Louisiana Purchase at that exhibition is when it went nationally recognized. And it's still one of my favorite sodas today. And apparently you can't do college football without it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. no they give away a lot of money for it. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, we got a lot of, lot more to get through. What's your next uh, well, um, soda? Cheer wine. Cheer wine? Cheer wine. C H E E. Dr. Pepper, right? Uh, except this is, yeah, it's it's cherry based, um, but it's overcarbonated. Okay. And it was started in 1917 and is still run and owned by the same family that started it in 1917. It's one family and family owned since 1917. So over 100 years for cheer wine. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, family. I, it's like uh, Tabasco. There you go. Yeah. There's still the still yeah. yeah. And then I get a kick out of the fact because, you know, it's got wine in the name. Um, and it's it's because it was such a deep, dark, burgundy color. I, I believe that's how they sort of went into into doing it that way. But um, and, and my next two um, are sodas that I actually drink. I don't drink a lot of sodas. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I can consider this a soda uh, because it started off more as a syrup. And a lot of people don't realize uh, root beer. Yeah, it was, by the way, Hires, Hires root beer was earlier than Coke and Dr. Pepper. Yeah, but it started started as a syrup back in the early 1800s before Hires came in in, I think, 1882. It was early 1880s. You know I got um, it. But I, it was uh, back in the early 1800s, the sarsaparilla, which is the, the root that it's used. It's actually used from a vine or a root. This was 1876, sir. 1876. Also with Moxie. Okay. Moxie was the same? Moxie was 1876, too. That's why I say it. Regional sodas, man. It's the but way. It's the I, way. I love being a good root beer. So are you a root beer person? I am. How about birch beer? Birch beer? I'm okay with it. Yeah. IBC? Same idea. You know, a little sarsaparilla. Yeah. Yeah, sarsaparilla. Blake, what's your root beer go-to? Well... Well, well, but, but before I stopped the, before I stopped drinking shows, I, I was probably say like the Boylan's uh, root beer. 
Orleans. Okay. Okay. All right. That's solid. what about what about you know A and W you know brokered into the mainstream with their drive-throughs and their Mama Burger and their Papa Burger. Yeah, but so so probably say Orleans first, or Barks second, and A and W third. Barks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Barks. That's, those are good. Those are good products. Yeah, I'm, I'm, those are good products. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm trying like, to think. There's um, root beer has some really great or and it's another one that started off as mugs a digestive. Worse, yeah. Was mugs, that mugs? Mugs is the worst in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're not drinking that one. Yeah, we're gonna stay away from that. Guess, but what? again, and, and he's not gonna be a sponsor. <laughs> well, too bad. They're, they're miss. They're missing out on our fan base. Those but I don't silly think a people. A lot of people realize the name root beer actually comes from that. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is that you know we're talking about you know Dr Pepper with twenty three ingredients. Um, it, root beer is made literally from roots, yeah. and you know it's from a, from a tree. And Dr Pepper was created by an actual pharmacist and doctor. Which is you know when when we think of soda fountains and you think of you know soda jerks and soda fountains. Yeah. Um, they were all in pharmacies. Yeah. You know that was it. That was the the, the soda counter was in your drugstore. Drugstore. Yep. Yep. So they didn't have to go far. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, to me, root beer, I look at root beer as the grandfather of sodas. Okay. Hey, look, you know, you, you pour root beer and you, you get a good creamy head on that. It's it's a yeah, nice thing. I think a lot of people put it as Coca-Cola, but I I, I, I look at root beer Hires, as as the grandfather of and, the And Hires beat them by a couple of years, so yeah. they have the right to that. By a decade. Now, um, how do you feel about egg creams? What? Man, oh man! What's an egg cream? What the hell? <laughs> you said egg cream. E- an egg cream. E G G C R E A M. Oh my goodness! I got to bring cream? you to Brooklyn, my brother. I don't know what an egg cream is. An egg cream is seltzer, and it should be chocolate syrup. But foxes, you bet, chocolate syrup, seltzer, spoon, stir, an egg and it's cream. delightful. Yeah, yeah. So Blake and I are going to New York City in August. Okay. So I need you to come up with at least one good spot for us to go try an egg cream. I will Blake, find are you. Are you willing some. to try an egg cream? Egg cream. An egg cream. Egg cream. It's it's fizzy chocolate milk without the milk. Okay, it's chocolate. Then uh, no, I'm not. I'm saying no. He he doesn't do chocolate. All right. Well, he does, you, you ruined it for me right there. But that's it. Um, I'll, you know, I'll try it out. A, sel- a seltzer is a two cents plane. You know what team we're going to see? Well, I, I hope it's the Mets. We are. Okay, I feel good. Yeah. We are. They may not win for you because they can't win for anybody, including well, themselves. Well, they're playing the Angels, and I really want to see them. Oh, sh- oh, man. The, the man. the man is just a treasure. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh. He's incredible. I was, we were talking, he was, he was we I were watching the two best players at Major League Baseball on the same team, and they still can't win. But you start looking at look at Otani's numbers. Look at him as a pitcher and as a hitter. Yeah. The man, the man is phenomenal. Now, how long can he keep this up? I don't know, and I don't care because yeah. right now the things he's doing are miraculous. You do his team, uh, team stats. Mm-hmm. He's leading his team in every single offensive category, and he's leading his team in every single pitching category. Never yeah. in my life have I seen that. Yep, he's eleven stolen bases, no less. Yeah. So he's a beast. He's it's a beast. it's and and he's having fun. I'd like to believe, and I would think that if there's any way possible, they're not going to let him leave um, the Angels. Mm. Yeah, you know, where else can he go? I mean, what go across down to the Dodgers? Why? 
Might yeah. hurt. Well, because they got a lot of money. Might, exactly. But 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 he yeah. might be He's, worrying. He doesn't that, have the say so over his dollar all the time. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. but 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 wouldn't be surprised if 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 uh, Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, decides to pony up some. Yeah, I think, I think he's a little snake bit. I mean, you know, Otani's much younger and and you know has a, a resume to go either way between uh, an offensive player or a pitcher. But I think um, Steve Cohen's thinking twice about all the money he spent. Well, Scherzer's pitching tonight, so yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, but be that as it may, we're hoping. Yeah, we get to catch one of those guys. Can you imagine uh, an Otani Scherzer or an Otani Verlander? And we've already picked which day we're going because we're going to New York and then we're taking a train to Boston for the uh, Red Sox uh, Dodgers game the next day. Nice. So we got the good. We got the Mets Angels and then we take a train to uh, from New York to Boston. Okay. Yeah. And then we're uh, and then we're uh, checking out uh, Fenway. It's a great ball. Have you been there? Uh, I have not. Okay, it's not a great ballpark. Midway. It's one of those that it's we're we're trying to hit as many stadiums as we oh, can. Oh, good, good. And uh, we're hitting two this year, so we're excited about yeah, that. And City Fields, City Fields, a nice ballpark. It really is. All right, um, my last one. Go ahead. I mean, Jameson and Ginger. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about Ginger. Okay. Uh, I didn't really realize that there's two different types of ginger ales. There's a dry ginger and there's a golden ginger. All right? So the golden ginger was created in Ireland. All right? And the golden ginger was created, uh, the first ginger ale was in Belfast, Ireland in the 1850s. Uh, of the golden ginger. The golden ginger. Okay, because, right? yeah. The dry ginger was created in Canada. And didn't come around until 1904. Uh, I got some disputing information here, my friend. What, what is your disputing information? The oldest soft drink soda in the United States is Verner's Ginger Ale. Okay. And that was in 1866, and it's still available today. All right. And that was from Michigan. So Verner's... Oh, maybe Dr. Brown was from Michigan. But Verner's Ginger Ale, yeah. Yeah. Verner's is a golden... So that would have been would okay. Have been fine. Okay. Um, if that, you like, the timeline would have worked. And I, my, one of my very first, and I, I was fortunate when I was younger. I, I, I played a lot of softball all over the country and stuff mm-hmm. like that. One of my national championships was Verner's is out of Jacksonville. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I played for Verner's for two years. We won national championship two years in a row. We're talking early nineties. So in the locker room celebration, it was ginger ale, not champagne. There wasn't locker rooms. It was softball. <laughs> Come on. Was, Where's the love? Dugouts and strippers. All right. So. Well, all right. And Verner's was, was always in the cooler. Um, but it was one of my very first uh, softball experiences. And I played for Verner's. And I didn't realize how old it was until I started reading, reading Eight, this history. 1866, brother. So and Thomas Joseph Cantrell, an Irish uh, surgeon, Manufactured the first ginger, ginger ale in Ireland in 1850s. Uh, mm. It was a fermented ginger ale, uh, dark colored, uh, generally sweet to taste, with strong ginger spice flavor. Somebody was screwing around with soda, left for the Civil War, apparently, um, left a cask of it someplace, came back, and it was delightful when he got back. Um, but I think his wife disputed that story and yeah. said, you made that up, hon. Yeah. So, but, okay. uh, now, you, you like ginger ale? 
I like ginger ale okay. with Jameson. Okay. I don't drink ginger ale unless my stomach's feeling a little. Right. Different. Well, then this one isn't the one to try. But but there's and and I I, I think it's Schweppes. <laughs> it might be Schweppes. Yeah. Makes a bold, strong and bold ginger ale. Yeah. That is some serious stuff, man. Okay. That'll cure what ails you and certainly open up your sinuses. I promise you that. I have a friend of mine who likes brown mumblers, as he says. It's a uh, little Jim Beam and the uh, bold ginger ale and two of them, and he starts to mumble. All right. And the dry style okay. was created in Canada by a gentleman by the name of John McLaughlin. Okay. Is this where Canada dry comes from? Uh, yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. Okay. Because it's Canada, Canada dry, dry ginger ale. It's yeah. Dry well, that makes sense. Ale. Good. Okay. Well, see, that makes Ver- Verner's is a, a golden. Okay. Ginger ale. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming Canada's dry. Right. And, you know, it's, it's funny because we talk about stuff and then all of a sudden you start to make the association because you always think of Canada dry. Um, and I, I guess people don't use all the words. It's just Canada dry and it's Canada dry ginger ale. Yep. So there you go. So Thank it make, you. It makes sense. And it's, it's considered uh, the dry style is a paler drink uh, with a much milder ginger flavor. So I didn't know there was two different types. I just thought ginger ale was ginger. And I knew the flavors changed quite a bit. Okay. But I didn't know that that was it. Guess what? That's the end of our show. I know. It goes too fast. It yep. goes goes too fast. I, w- I want to say thank you to you guys. Hopefully um, we learned a little bit, laughed a little bit with us. Um, you know, you know, check out check out some of the stuff we're doing. Go down that dive with us. Help us out. If you have some topics you want us to talk about, shoot me a message um, and just reach out to us. Uh, this is Bollocks Talks and Tangents, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Have a groovy.